I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Chris Abalo's podcast experiment, and I am Chris Abalo. Welcome to the show. Joining me as the first official co-host slash sidekick slash lackey. You know her, you love her, you want more of her as we all do. Miss Candace Feltz is in the studio with me. Hey guys. Hi, Candace. Hey, buddy. Thanks for sidekicking it. Of course. Thanks for having me. Of course. No, we, we've been talking about this for a while. We finally made it happen this week, so I'm glad. We did. It's fun. It's like the um, perpetual search for a sidekick. So you get your shot this week. <laughs> Fingers crossed I don't mess it up. Yeah. Well, let's see how it goes. <laughs> um, and of course, thank you to everybody who's been subscribing to the show and who's been tuning in live. Uh, a lot of people listening to Cape and very happy about that. You know, I get a lot of tweets during the week, which is... Very cool to get the acknowledgement, the, the feedback from people, which we welcome that. You can tweet the show at Cape Pod, uh, also Cape Pod on Instagram. Email the show too. I keep forgetting to bring that up. Cape the podcast at gmail.com. Praise only, no complaints. No, but seriously, um, <laughs> suggestions or uh, feedback, because we don't want to call it criticism, right? We don't call it that anymore. No, no. It's a very polite society we live in. So yeah, give us your, your feedback. We want to hear from you. And uh, of course, follow me at Chris Abalo on Twitter and Chris sells out on Instagram, Shark 26 on Twitter and Instagram is where you can follow. Candace, did you enjoy that opening number? I like that. Good. I like that. Good. Well, it's kind of going with the theme because we're going to be talking a bit about geekery and uh, Dungeons and Dragons a little later in the show. Oof. So I figured we'd go with some, for lack of a better term, let's call it Dungeons and Dragons metal. I'm into it. Because, yeah? Okay, good. Because I brought more. If you're I like interested. it. Let's go. Let's just do it. Yeah, I do. You know what's funny? I I um because I thought, well, what's going to be appropriate for the show? I since this is going to be not the first one, but since it's it's going to be an estrogen dominant show, mm, I thought I I had I'm woman hear me roar. Yeah, queued up. Right, right. But then I thought that might be pandering, and I didn't want to come across that way. So I thought, all right, let's, we're going to just ditch the Helen Reddy. I and, liked your uh, choice. Go. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. I was into it. Because there is more, which is funny because I actually, <laughs> I had a good, it sounds stupid. Not really. It sounds stupid to me okay. because I, I've lived my life, but I actually <laughs> had to go through my insane music collection. I, I first searched for monster to correlate with She Kills Monsters. Um, and nothing really captured, let's say, the spirit of the show. Mm -hmm. Which, um, which I know you haven't seen, but uh, you will be sold on it by the end of the hour. I, I believe that. You. you will. And then I thought, all right, well, let's try. There's some, there's some Dungeons and Dragons elements to this this play. So I thought, oh, what about dragons? And then I'm looking. I thought, oh, okay. So that actually, that that opening bit was a song. Oh, okay. Well, I don't remember. I remember the song that it leads into is Black Dragon. Uh -huh. I can't remember the beginning, but it's it's this. Uh, this Italian guy named Luca Torilli, who's from a band Rhapsody. And uh, I, re I realized when I was looking through the album, it's, it's called the, like to far off lands or to distant lands or something like that. We have an internet connection. I can find out. Just who cares? <laughs> the listeners can do the legwork. No, but uh, Google. Yes. But uh, Luca Torilli, really, really talented stuff. Really cool. And I remember too, while we're, while we're talking about it, and since you enjoyed, I used to annoy my sister with uh, this one, this one song just because she didn't know exactly what to make of it. Is is this, is the auxiliary on? Yeah, should be able to play. Okay, let's let's give this a whirl and oh see God. if I can get this tune to come on. It's, oh, it was going to work. Okay, hang on. This song's kind of ridiculous, lyrically. So here, here's a little bit of this. Louis, 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 Louis. 
for it. Yes, he's, the song is called The Ancient Forest of Elves. Perfect. Um, yeah, I'm not making that up. That's fantastic. It's, it, it really is. And my sister used to make fun. This came out when, in 99, so I'm 18 when I bought this CD. Wow. And um, you were in diapers. And uh, so I, I would, for some reason, I had to blast this song out of the all 11 tracks on the album. I had to blast this one. <laughs> And my sister used to imitate it to me because it just annoyed her greatly, like most things I do, uh, because of the younger brother. So it kind of goes with the territory. I think I'm just going to let this play under us, actually. And um, I'm kind of into this. It's really, really good. There's something it's, that's catchy about it. It's super catchy, and it's got a real, as you can tell from the the intro song, there's a real orchestral feel to it. Yeah. Which is which is great, and it's, it's very operatic. I feel like you could like blast this in your car, just driving down the street, like. Yes. Going, just going crazy. It'd be pretty I'm, sweet. I'm afraid I'm actually going to hurt my now. I was going to do the headbang, but yeah, not only the headphones that. go flying and I'll owe three grand to Skid Row Studios, but I thought I'm going to hurt <laughs> myself. Do that. Just take it easy. <laughs> Let's not. Just I'm put just it in your it. mind instead. Yes. Or just play it as a bed underneath like we're doing right now. But um, So this is what you listened to circa 99. I did, which um, actually I think I got this CD in 2000 or maybe 2001 because- After you survived Y2K. I, yes. Thankfully, after Y2K, Napster was still running, and I was able to find Luke It's Really, because this this is, wasn't even released in America, which is a crime. I mean, now it is, now I, it is because it's available yeah. digitally, but at the time... Yeah, well, at the time, made, it was totally different. Well, yeah, and I paid $22 to import a CD from Europe because right. I was... Well, number one, I was 18, so I didn't have rent. This is pre-cell phone. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't AOL dial-up connection, and I wasn't paying for it, so what the hell? <laughs> Most importantly, you were an 18-year-old kid, so $22 on an yeah. imported album was, like, a great investment. It was. Well, you know what? Gas was, like, a $1.09 oh, on the high end, don't even so talk it wasn't that, that bad. And I said I wasn't going to gonna go into old man territory anymore. No. And I'm not. <laughs> but this you is, can't help it. Well, not just that. This is These are facts, though. This yeah. is the age. This That's is 99, true. 2000, 2001. Now, the funny thing, is because um, I'm pretty sure I have it on here. We're going to bear with me. I know you're all enjoying the um, the flute and the harpsichord, which is another funny thing because my sister's like, is that a harpsichord? Yes. Yes, it is. In a metal song? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> because this is cla This is from Europe. It's different. Everything in Europe is different. It is. It is, including their, their symphonic metal, which I think is the technical classification for this. I like this. But it's really, I'm not even joking. It's <laughs> really, really good. In fact, you. I'm not really sure why I like it. it. Because it's it's pretty it's damn catchy. cool. It's you know what it is. It, it's also like pump you up music. It like, is. This like I could go for a run right now. This would be great on the elliptical. Yeah. In fact, it's going to work its way into my gym playlist. I yeah, think. dude. Because this is it's super up tempo, and you're just like, come on, you're on the stepper, and you're just like, yeah, come on, glutes. Yes. Yeah, I yes. totally see this. It's like when you listen to Flogging Molly. Yeah, same thing. It's Love just it. up tempo. Yeah. And uh, that's what you need at the gym. Oh, actually, wait a minute. Are we, yeah, we're kind of coming to a break in the song. I'm going to put the volume up a little more. There's actually a narration part that's coming through. This is the kind of stuff I should be doing. And so a new legend begins. The borders of space and time are broken <laughs> once again. Isn't this great? That's amazing. It is. I love that there's actually, like, there's a story going on in the song. Not only is it called The Ancient Forest of Elves, but... It's fantastic. It's actually a story. I, I love it. Cracks me up. Big finish now. Good stuff. I'm really pleased that you like this. I thought I that like it, it would be <laughs> more than you probably should. No, I really do. <laughs> Plus it talks about like mystical creatures. Who well, it doesn't is. love that? And again, I thought I don't have a whole lot of Dungeons and Dragons stuff. And um... I was worried too. I thought, do I, I wonder if I, as soon as I hit play, I'm like, if Candace doesn't like this, I'm going to find something else. I think I do. Oh, I do. You know what? This, here, this might be more your speed. You're an yeah. asshole. I'm serious. Look, You're an asshole. Hey, I'm on your side. Indigo girls. I have it on my phone. Clearly. Yeah. You know all the words. I do too. Funnily enough. I would enough, be remiss not to. Well, I, I think I it's on the application. lesbian card. Yes. Yeah. It is. <laughs> do you know indigo girls? Yes. Yes. Tegan and Sarah, obviously. Well, I'm not being an... Look, like I said, it's on my phone. <laughs> I'm, I'm, no, I'm not. Or you're a lesbian. I'm not sure no which joke. one. No joke. 
not even three months after I bought the last album, the Luca Torelli album, uh-huh. which look for, I'll put all the links on chrisabal.com. Look for the Cape 42 post, the post associated with this episode. And you'll, uh, you'll be able to get it in case you can't spell Luca Torelli, which I wouldn't blame you because it sounds like a pasta dish. But I seriously, after I was not playing in metal bands at the time, I was looking to get more eclectic because now I was 19 and now I was out of high school and I was a sophisticated no, musician. Sure. I was. And uh, I started playing guitar for this um, kind of singer songwriter. Mm-hmm. And uh, no joke, she said, I want to do stuff like Sarah McLaughlin, Indigo Girl. And this is totally outside my range. Coming off the song we just listened to, you, can, you wouldn't have thought, <laughs> like, th- this is a little bit of a stretch for no. me. And I'm like, acoustic what? Guitar, you say. <laughs> And I learned the song, and I fell in love with the Indigo Girls as much as a 19-year-old boy would be allowed to. Right. And uh, I'm dead serious, though. I, I love this album. It's this a good a, one. It is. And I really like the song. Blood and Fire is actually my favorite song. It's in case a good one. anybody out there is wondering what my favorite Indigo Girls song is, <laughs> we've solved it. I mean, it's taken, what, 11 live shows we've done, and now everybody knows my favorite Indigo Girls there song. It is. So you're all welcome. And you're a closeted lesbian. Congratulations. I, you know what? I just outed you. So. I've... I've it's true. I've been into women my entire <laughs> yes, life. You have. So it's funny that you played this yesterday. Uh, I was driving with my fiance, and we were listening to the iPod just on shuffle, which you never know what you're gonna get because I have stuff on there from like when I was a teenager, which we all know sometimes is not as good as that song you just played me. Well, and, uh, I was making the more you fun know of, exactly the more you know. Backstreet Boys, it's fine. Um, I was like, why do I have so much Indigo Girls? And she was like, Do you need to? Do you need the answer? And I was like. I know, but like, I feel like such a stereotype and she's like, it's fine. And just three minutes after we get done with that conversation, an Indigo Girls song comes on. And I'm nice. Like, I prob- The last Indigo Girls CD I bought was probably 10 years ago. I forget the name of it. It's got a cartoon cover on it. That's all I can remember. I it's a girl remember. like walking across a log or something. I weirdly no somehow acquired the uh, Christmas album they just recently did. Oh, now I'm back in. Like last year. I didn't know year. they did. Yeah, I think that's a year or two old, but it's actually pretty decent. I mean, is, they're well, good, so. Look, if there are guitar players listening, if you haven't tuned out already, <laughs> just it, get, check out this first Indigo Girls album because it's really, really good. As a guitar player, mm-hmm. I'd never played anything like this before, and I'd learn closer to fine, and I'd actually break out my capo, which sounds like a sex thing in itself, but uh, wow. and, and play the song in key. Right. And I can still say, sing this song top to bottom. See, it's mm. almost over now. I'm not going to run it back. And I mean, we can do it. Do you want to do the chorus together? No. I'm not going to do Candace <laughs> <laughs> is like, you're lucky I'm here at all. I'm not coming in to sing it Indigo Girls. You really thought oh I was an asshole God. for putting this on, though. See? Closer I am to fire. All right, this show just got real gay. This, uh, is this a shark jumping moment? It's all <laughs> gay. Don't worry about it. We opened our demographic. We have. It's we fun. actually got a spike in the, in the live listeners. <laughs> are you serious? People did. are like lesbians? The Indigo yeah. girls? What? It's over. Well, welcome. Well, that's... New people. Yeah. Hey. Chris Abala's podcast experiment. Welcome to the show again. <laughs> welcome again. We're for, we, but see, that's the kind of range we offer. That's the kind of show we that this keep is. It Symphonic metal to thrash folk. So we there's a lot of range on this show. I yeah. Think. Uh, you know what? Question. Answer. Because this is, well, I think you might. Because I'm curious about your opinion. Because there's, there's been a lot of things um, that have been circling around the, let's, okay, just to, just to paint it in broad strokes. Pardon the pun. But women in the media. I know that's low hanging fruit, so I apologize. But um, women in the media, because there's been a big thing, especially with award season being over, mm-hmm. about how, let's say, objectified women are mm-hmm. and about the silly questions they get asked. Just mm-hmm. like, who are you wearing in the stupid Manny cam, which I had to look up this afternoon. That shit makes way, me rage. Now, here's my question. Because I, I want to, I don't know. And frankly, I don't even really watch award shows. So Good for you. I, well, yeah. I, uh, I want to know, though, first of all, it seems most of the reporters, or at least the um, the ones covering the red carpet, are women. But do you think they're just asking questions they think the average woman wants to know? No. About, no? You no. don't think so? No, I think that there is a, um, like, okay, so I think, you know, 
in the regular world, we're making certain steps towards, you know, equality and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then you have the film industry, which in every facet, except maybe costume design, is leaps and bounds behind the rest of the world as far as like incorporating women. So no, I don't think that that's people, the interviewer is going, this is what the average woman wants to know. No, the average woman wants to know like, hey, Reese Witherspoon, you did the Pacific Crest Trail in the movie Wild. What the hell was that like? I don't give a shit who made your dress. Like, good for you for that designer. Good for you, blah, 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 blah. But I, I heard somebody say, a guy actually this year, I don't know if it was the Globes or the Oscars or whatever, but he said, uh, people are getting upset, you know, and Amy Poehler has a thing called Amy Poehler Smart Girls and they started this yes. hashtag on Twitter. Um uh, ask her more, which I think is the greatest thing that's possibly come out of this award season. And so it was like all these women tweeting, you know, what they actually want to hear from the actors and uh, hashtag it, ask her more. And this guy was like, everybody's really upset because everybody keeps asking, you know, women who they're wearing, but, but this is what people want to know. So we have to ask those questions. And I just wanted to be like, you don't get to say anything, A, and B, no, it's not. Who are you talking to? Are you talking to your like super fancy LA cohorts? Because yeah, maybe they want to know, but the average woman watching an award show, no, they don't know. The average woman watching an award show couldn't tell the difference between Vera Wang and, and Dolce or whoever else is. And Chipotle. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, I mean, this is something that I'm very passionate about. We could go on and on and on. Well, on that's on why I thought hours. I'd bring it up because I've um, been seeing it a lot lately. Well, it pisses me off. I mean, there's, you know, 800 examples of um, memes and shit all over the internet of, of Anne Hathaway, Scarlett Johansson, whoever getting asked about, you know, like, how did you fit in the cat suit? How did you get in shape for this role and this, that, and the other? You never hear a guy ask that, that question. That's you know? been brought up a lot lately because everybody's, Incidentally, if anyone's wondering if this is redemption for the symphonic metal to Indigo Girls thing, yes, it absolutely <laughs> is because I'm a classy host. But um, it, there seems to be a, a lot of people are talking about Kelly Clarkson's weight gain, which do you think people care or do you think, see, in my mind, and I'm saying this as I'm, I'm a thick male, obviously, so, and all the more reason this be a good conversation. But in my mind, I look at it as, yeah, I think it might be kind of a catty woman thing where they're thinking like, how did she gain weight? Wow, she doesn't, you know, she doesn't look like she did. I mean, no, but who looks like they did 12 years ago? I don't. I don't look the same as I did when I first picked up that Luca Torelli CD. My hair's a lot shorter. I don't look the that, same that I did 15 minutes ago when I walked in the door. So okay. it's fine. Um, well, I mean, I, I hear that or um, like Jennifer Lawrence gets asked a lot of questions about weight, which I don't really see her fluctuate anyway. No, but Hollywood counts in, in centimeters, not, in ounce. you know, <laughs> bastards. Well, um, I don't from, think, I, mean, I don't, I, I think her weight fluctuation matters in only as far as women who have weight fluctuation look at her and go, she's beautiful no matter what. Because I don't give a shit who you are. Kelly Clarkson's hot. Whatever version of Kelly Clarkson she, she wants to be, she can belt and even hotter. She doesn't give a shit what anybody else thinks. And that's the best part. But I don't like, is that stuff that we need to be talking about? Is that stuff that like, should be a topic on entertainment tonight. Oh, Kelly Clarkson, you know, blah, 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 blah. Kelly Clarkson also just had a baby. Like, not everybody loses baby weight that fast or cares. Or at all. Or at all. And who cares? Like, she was a vessel for human life. She can look however the hell she wants to look for as long as she wants to look afterwards. And it's nobody else's damn business. So, I, I mean, I think as far as like... um representation wise, I mean, I think, I think it's fantastic and beautiful and healthy to have all shapes and sizes and colors and, and ethnicities and, and like livelihood and vibrancy in Hollywood, because then everybody can see themselves represented. And when you're represented, you're, you feel like you matter. And I agree. And in fact, that's one of the things that I've kind of, uh, that's caught my attention too, because on, uh, since I've actively been using Instagram for like nine weeks, well done, I, by the way. Thanks. And uh, also because I tag you and everything. You're like, hell yes. <laughs> and I double click it. Yeah, you do. So um, I, I see there's an awful lot of women who, it's just like, 
but for the sake of um, consolidating, let's say like real women have curves or a uh, real woman can fit in a size two or, right. whatever, or a real woman can, you know, fit in the, her muffler, whatever it is. Right. <laughs> like there seems to be a lot of back and forth, like a lot of women on women bashing. Yeah. Which I think is kind of weird because, I mean, first of all, guys don't care. Guys may have a type or uh, certain types that they're into, mm -hmm. but that's that's more innate than anything else. And personality does count for something, at least for me and my, my uh, immediate group of friends, male friends. And I just think it's kind of odd that it's, isn't everybody kind of supposed to be different? Like all shapes and sizes. I mean, yeah, like, the point. yeah. I mean, yeah, but see, the thing is, is, and I'm not, nor have been ever in my life, a little boy. So I don't know what it was like growing up as a little boy, but I can tell you as a little girl. It was girl, awesome. No. I believe that with your forest of elves. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can a tell you as a little teenager. girl. <laughs> Very lonely teen, a boy with his guitar. His, sitting pre-internet. Pre-internet, just with sitting his in his corner. Box. Like this song. Yeah. Um, starting from... As old as, you know, as soon as you can, like, get a full sentence and you grasp it, women are made to sort of see each other as the competition and not as a massive, amazing force to be reckoned with. And if we would all just stop bitching at each other and comparing and, and a lot of that bitter, like, you know, oh, well, she's, you know, so-and-so or whatever is not coming from a place of of the catty surface that it looks like it's coming from. It's coming from a place of insecurity in their own self and coming from a like a very inherent seed that was planted a super long time ago that says you have to look like, you know, what's the hottest girl in the world or you have to look like what the males think is the best thing and you have to look at the girl next to you as a competition and not as like for lack of a better phrasing, like your sister in this world, I can go and kick ass and take names with you. And I think that that's, um, we're in a very pivotal time right now because I think a lot of people are, are, are really pushing against that sort of norm in the machine to, to be like, we're all going to take this and we're going to run with it versus, um, you know, five, 10 years ago when it was like a mess and we were all like, I hate you and you don't look like a supermodel, so screw off. Download mixtapes.org. What's happening right now? Yeah. Are you about to play True Colors? No. Okay. It's about to play I Am I'm Every Woman, but I tapped <laughs> on the wrong video. I'm trying to back you up. I appreciate that. But that's where I think it comes from. And I don't think that guys have that same sort of mentality. So, the, only thing, the only thing I would, I would uh, differ on, or at least like to add into that formula, is competitiveness. I, I think there's an inherent well, competition where women buy. And I say this all the time, and I've been... <laughs> Actually, there's a very funny uh, exchange that going back to something that this will be the, the third lap around this story, uh, but I'll be brief. But uh, when Sherry and I went to the Hustler store a few weeks ago and we're looking at lingerie and just all, all the crazy, it, I mean, to call it lingerie is being generous, but uh, it's, it's <laughs> just like loose threads. Yeah. yeah, it's strung together. But uh, it's, it was pretty, uh, sorry, now I got to find out I'm every woman. Otherwise I'm going to be remiss if I didn't, oh, everything's got hats on it, damn it. I'm very prepared tonight. I see that. So anyway, so I'm asking you to talk for six minutes. So I come up with talking, <laughs> talking points for our guest. Anyway. Um, but yeah, like looking at a lot of lingerie, I thought, see, I've never heard a guy say, boy, if she'd only wear something that's leathery and just crotchless, man, I'd, I'd be a happy man if she wore that every night. No, I think women buy a lot of that stuff for other women. Not to show them, but just to know that they have it. And uh, I mean, guys like it, but we're, we're stupid. So there's a, uh, and again, I know from experience. So trust me, we're pretty stupid. So I do think there's a competitiveness that's, let's call it an undercurrent. I'm not saying it's, it's the motivator, but I do think it's an undercurrent of competitiveness where there's, um, where there's fat shaming and slim shaming. I'm not really sure what it's called now. Did I put a song on or is that coming from somewhere else? <laughs> does anybody else hear that? It's, there it is. It's, you have it? Oh, please pipe yeah, it in. Girl. Yeah, let's hear it. Thank you very much. Okay, we've got. I'm I just everyone. think, like, I just, I think you're right. I think competition is definitely part of it. I, mean, I think it's as, just a part. As human beings, no matter what gender you are, you're we're competitive people. It's just the way it is. But sure. um, I think that body shaming in general 
for either gender is stupid and needs yeah, to stop. I mean, I agree. Who gives a shit? It shouldn't. It's all in me. Come on, Candace, give us a little praise. What do you want to say to the young women of the world? What do you want to say to the smart girls of the world? And then we'll throw to a clip. I want to say to the smart girls of the world that you don't need to give a shit about what anybody thinks about you except you. You can look at yourself in the mirror at the end of the day. I can't even do this right now. I'm sorry. I I have little nieces and all I want to do is tell them like, you are in charge of everything in your life. And no matter what anybody else says to you, you are you. You are awesome. You are beautiful. I don't give a shit what you look like, what, how big, how little, how blonde, how redhead, how whatever. You're awesome, you're brilliant, you're smart, and don't let anybody tell you that being assertive, being confident, being bossy is a bad thing. Those are all good things, and you take it and you run with it. I hope somebody auto-tunes that and puts this on it. Yeah, that's right. That's more like This was a really, this is going to be an estrogen-dominant show. I was kind of joking, but... I mean, you it. weren't kind of joking. Well, no, I mean... Two people in this I, room are going to be I walked largely in estrogen. with Indigo Girls on my phone, so I was just asking for it. <laughs> you were more of a lesbian than I was coming well, in here. all right. I've been called worse. That's fair. Um, all right. So, well, thank I did want to ask you about that because I know you have some perspective, and I know you you are uh, you are of the thinking of that women should be empowering each other and not... Hell yeah. Kind of attacking each other. And Why? there seems to be a lot of that. We're so, all so awesome. Uh, hey, look, I'm with you. You and I are on the same team when it comes to this. Yeah, man. So, all right, anyway, uh, before we bring in our guest, we are going to play you a clip, more pre-parental advice, <laughs> pre, um, what you call it, pre-paternal advice from Andrew Rizzatello, who uh, is going to be having a, a daughter soon enough, and uh, he has some more knowledge to drop on you. So, um, we will be back momentarily with our guest, Lauren Sperling. But first, Andrew Rizzatello presents a second installment in What I Didn't Expect When We Were Expecting. Hello, everyone. This is Andrew. And this is another edition of What I Didn't Expect When We Were Expecting. Before my wife and I planned on having a child, my cousin was in the middle of pregnancy with his wife on their first child. And one of the things that he brought to my attention was the fortress of pillows that his wife constructed on their bed. We had a jovial time discussing such things and laughed about how many pillows she actually could fit on the bed and he could still sleep in it. I did not realize that this is unanimous with all women across the entire planet. As I stated once before, I now sleep on the couch, not because of my wife hating me, but because of her snoring. The second reason for that is because the fortress of solitude that she has constructed with the multitude of pillows that we have bought is enormous. Now, I understand that there are reasons for the woman having to do this. She is now seven months pregnant, so it's a little uncomfortable for her to sleep on her back. And according to her, being also a nurse, Apparently you cannot sleep on one side of your body because there is a vein that runs up that side that will actually damage the child if constricted. So she can only sleep on one side of her body. That side of her body is facing me. That side of her body pushes me off the bed with the wall. If anyone is a Game of Thrones fan out there, the watchers on the wall would be awestruck with the height of what she has built out of pillows. Hi, Jody Collins. Welcome. And your name is? Mystic Fog. I would love to show you around, Miss Fogg. Here's my resume. I didn't know if you already had a copy. Oh, you are impeccably organized. I love that. Of course. That might be an enchanting opportunity. Yes. And isn't the architecture just to die for? 
Sure, I guess. When does the interview start again? Oh, right now. You can ask me anything. Look, <laughs> I know you're nervous, but you don't need to be. You brought your resume. You are leaps and bounds ahead of anyone else. You're ready for this. You strike me as a swimmer. There's a lovely pool out back. I, I just, I would love to introduce you to. Follow me this way. I don't believe in bathing suits. Lauren Sperling in the studio. Hi. Hi, Lauren. Hey, girl. That's weird. Thank you for... That's weird seeing yourself. (laughs) Hearing myself. Oh, yeah, it is kind of weird hearing yourself in stereo. You get used to it. If you're vain like us. Yeah. (laughs) Some of us who who not only name a show after ourselves, but be on it every week. Yeah, it's a different thing. Uh, So you you can check out the full episode at youtube.com slash scaredhouseless. We've talked about it before. Episode 33. We're the uh, creators of Scared Houseless, Eric and Dan. You can check that out. Candace, of course, was one of the leads in it, along with another cape stalwart, John Karunas. And you saw just now Lauren as and Mystic Sherry. Fog. And Sherry. Well, Sherry was in that clip. But yeah, Sherry was in it too. That's right. I, you know, if I was better at this, I totally would have, should have brought in Sherry's clip <laughs> once upon a time. Um, oh, you know, I, I, hope, I hope he's not listening live, but let's, let's say no. Have you seen John's hosting reel, Candace? What are you saying? <laughs> I think we I think we need to put that on next week. I really hope John's doing something tonight. I hope he's passed out drunk like usual. But uh, if you not, mean from all the roofies, <laughs> that's st- he's never going to live that down. Nope. I love that he shared that on the show. Just more ammunition. What a weirdo. Yeah, well, Fine. all right, we're, we're gonna we're gonna get to John's hosting reel. Next okay, week. that's yeah, another thing. Um, anyway, YouTube.com/slash Scared Houseless. Check it out. We're really funny. Yeah. Yes. Really good. It is really funny. So, um, all right, we're going to talk a little bit about She Kills Monsters, which I saw opening night, which is this past Saturday. Yeah, thank you. And you donated so generously to I our did. Kickstarter as well. And incidentally, thank you to everybody who donated yes. because of hearing about it on the show. I'm not going to say that the reason the play made its initial goal <laughs> was because I talked about it on the show. <laughs> But I'm not going to say it's not the reason. I because mean, it the, certainly helped. Well, the day after I talked about it on the show, you guys passed your goal. It's true. By like a hundred bucks. So that's right. No, I did have people actually say they donated based on hearing about it on the show. You yeah, just, yeah. It kicked in people a few bucks. People who didn't even live in LA that can't come see the show. So thank you. If yeah. If you're listening, I get that. Good job, everyone. You supported the arts. A plus. And it was worth every dollar, I by the way. I heard 99. Having, <laughs> having seen the show. It was totally worth it. And uh, loftensemble.org is where you go yeah. to get tickets and get some more information and uh, links as well at the Cape 42 post at chrisabal.com. You can find all the information. So how did you come to, well, tell us about yourself first. Where did you come from in the first place? <laughs> well, uh, I am from LA, born and raised. So been here my whole life doing the uh, dancing thing and then the acting thing for, since I was three. So for, for forever. Um, and uh, about two years ago, I left the college that I was at, and a friend of mine wrote a fairy tale farce, and it was going up at the Loft Ensemble, and uh, asked me to come down and audition for Snow White in a show called Princess Charming. Uh, and I did, and I got it, and it was awesome, and Loft was awesome, so I joined the company, and two years later, now we're killing monsters. Yeah, you are. It's super rad. And you're playing a villain. I am. Which is cool. I play a lot of smaller monsters, and then I play uh, Evil Tina, who's an evil cheerleader succubi. Uh, I love <laughs> succubi. Yeah. We're, we're kind of really awful. We're not thinking the same thing. <laughs> you know what? I, need to, I can't Sorry. believe... I should have referenced this in the beginning. Now, if you're watching, and um, we should be on the guest cam at the moment, which it, this is worth tuning into the video feed. If oh, you, yeah. you have to go to uh, YouTube.com. Uh, well, you know what YouTube is, uh, to check out the video of the show, but I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up. So you're obviously wearing the Rocket Raccoon I am. It's hoodie. not an Ewok. And now, get up and, and do a turn. Yeah, I have to. Yeah. Just, Chris, what? are you just trying just to get everybody's complete. ass <laughs> on yeah, camera all the time? Much. Every woman who comes on the show. Listen to this. To just the- That's precious. I like, I'm it's more into your Groot too. necklace, though. Well, yeah, Groot too. Okay, so, I mean, I got Groot first, but... I wore the tank top the first night I got it, and some people thought I was an Ewok, and nothing against Ewoks, 
but they're very different creatures, and I'm definitely Team Rocket. Thank yeah, Rocket. I mean, the Ewoks are not as it. sassy as Rocket. No, not at like, all. Like, even close by a long shot. There's nothing like Rocket except Rocket, so. Hey, nothing like him except him. Exactly. It's true. That was just some profound wisdom for everyone. <laughs> Courtesy <laughs> of For the five people that didn't see yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> and don't know what we're talking about. And if talking you raccoon, you guys. Everybody knows. Everybody's seen it. They should have seen it by now. But what they haven't sure. seen is she kills monsters. So yeah. tell us about the play. Um, it's a super rad play. Uh, we are technically the LA premiere of it, I guess, which is cool. Uh, it's basically Dungeons and Dragons on stage. Best way to describe it. Um, very girl power oriented. Uh, lots of stage combat. I don't want to give too much away. But uh, if you like fantasy and comedy, it's hilarious. I... Keep saying I'm going to be the Jimmy Fallon of our show because I cannot stop laughing at everyone <laughs> during every part of the show, both on stage and off. Um, and opening night, I laughed from off stage at someone's line. It opens and with some really good laugh. I have to it say, does. like it's 14 seconds in, and you're honestly laughing. And I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, just having read the synopsis, I thought, oh, this could be serious or this could be very self-aware. And it was, it was kind of both. Yeah, it's definitely both. Um, you, you laugh, you cry. Um, definitely more laughing, but it does have a very heartfelt uh, message to it, set in the nineties. Um, yeah, that was nineteen ninety-five because apparently that's the thing now is setting everything in the nineties. The um, days before Lucas really. It's yeah. It's <laughs> if, if we can remember a time before Lucas really. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> now that well now now you're anymore. just like where has this <laughs> been my whole life? I'm gonna shoot back quite a few years. <laughs> I need some symphonic metal in my life. You're wondering what I'm listening to if you see me on the street. Yeah, buy Indigo Girls. <laughs> There's an Indigo <laughs> Girls reference in the show. So. Yes. Yeah. There I would was, expect nothing there. there was. I do remember that. Yeah, totally was. And the fact that some might say by Oasis was played briefly in the show too made me very happy. Yeah, um, our director, Tiger Real, who's fantastic and super nerdy. And so it's oh, it's been so rad. You better our, be for that show. Yeah, uh, him and Mike Mahaffey, who did our fight choreography, are both super nerds. And Mike's been wanting to do the show for a while. And trying to find a venue and, and Loft said that they would do it. Um, so uh, so him and Tiger came on board because they're not part of the company. Uh, they're actually with Sacred Fools. And uh, they're all so nerdy and awesome and everything. Like when the Spider-Man thing got released that Marvel uh, is getting Spidey for the films now, immediately the next day, Tiger and I were like, did you hear? Did you hear? So we, we nerd out about everything and it's super awesome. Um and, and uh, Tiger did all of the projections because we have an awesome screen uh, that projections happen in the background that help tell the story. And that was did, really cool. Yeah, he did all the sound design as well. So uh, some of the songs that he used were mentioned in the script, but some he just threw those out and decided mm -hmm. whatever songs he wanted to put in that he thought fit. So it's got a really good soundtrack. Really good. It effects. does. And it's heartfelt too. If I, yeah, the fight choreography is <laughs> really, really impressive. I got to say though, it, like in the second half, because it was... It's it's really really funny and there's some some very cool action so much so that you actually had to do fight training yeah which was was pretty crazy just watching it was crazy I'm thinking how how are these people not just hitting each other but that's what rehearsals about exactly but uh, in the second half if I if I allowed myself I would have gotten a little dusty in certain yeah, parts yeah yeah totally um it, it basically so the show is uh, about this girl Agnes who uh, lost her entire family. In a car crash. You learned that in the prologue. So not giving too much away. And her little sister was significantly younger than her and super nerdy. And, and Agnes is the girly girl into boys. And so she learns about her sister by going through a game of Dungeons and Dragons that her sister wrote the module for. So, um, so Agnes is learning and growing and finding out these things about her sister that she didn't know. So it's, as the show says, it's not therapy, but it kind of ends up being therapy for Agnes. So... Yeah, because she's learning about this person through what was private to her. Yeah, exactly. Tilly, was cool. Tilly wasn't going to share this. Tilly's the younger sister. Uh, she didn't intend to share this with anyone. And it's, you know, it's unfinished. It still has the names of people that she knew that she probably would have gone back later and not really named this monster after this person. Uh, <laughs> but it's inspired by all of her real life friends and villains. That's, I'm one of her real life villains. So uh, the two cheerleaders are kind of Tilly's Achilles heel. So, so yeah, that was good. I was like, <laughs> nice rhyme. <laughs> That's a lost Doctor Seuss totally book. It was totally planned. But, um, now, um, what kind of wardrobe do you have to wear, and how did you get into it? 
like in shape for it. Oh, in shape for yeah, it. to fit uh, into your costume. <laughs> um, um, what was your favorite part of this whole process? Like stage uh, combat, do you have a big stage combat background? I have a little bit. Um, I took a few combat workshops growing up at the theater camp I went to. And then uh, I went to acting school, and so we had combat there. And Mike used to teach at my college, and Lacey, who uh, is our fight captain, and plays Vera as well. She's a teacher at my college. Uh, so I took two years of combat there, got certified uh, with the SAFD in unarmed and rapier and dagger. Uh, but it's Wait, been a say while. that again, just so everybody can understand. This is something you can study? Yes, you can study. You can study. Combat. What, what's in the certification again? Uh, the SAFD. It Which is, is the, oh God, I don't know. That <laughs> oh, come acronym. on. Rapier and dagger. Just em, let's put an emphasis on yes, that. Yes, rapier because... and dagger. I've studied rapier and dagger, uh, unarmed, broadsword, uh, now axe and shield, sword and shield, um, all sorts of things. Knife, you can train for guns, everything. If there's a weapon, you can learn how to use it safely. Not actually. Th that's the important people. part. That's you don't want to hurt people or yourself, <laughs> like support. some people may have done during production of the show, during rehearsal. May have scarred myself. Uh, may have on accident. <laughs> Took shield to my head. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I just tell people I was in an axe fight because it sounds cooler. It does. But that I works. Hit myself in. It's like guys do that. With That's why I'm Spider-Man, not Captain America. So it's fine. Just own who you are. <laughs> Every time a guy cuts himself shaving, it's always like, yeah, bar fight. Uh, why, why is your neck cut? Why are you cutting your Adam's apple? Terrible. Just got to prove a point, man. So are you um, are you method? Do you get like super Did crazy? Did you go to cheer camp? No. Uh, Did not, I yeah, mean, like we had a cheer, cheer lesson. I was not a cheerleader. I was going to um, ask that. Uh, Sandra, who's who's Evil Gabby, the other cheerleader, she did cheer in high school and did some of the other cast members in our uh, choreographer, uh, CJ Merriman, was a cheerleader as well. New territory for me. I was a dancer my whole life, but cheer's a little uncomfortable as well as uh, being mean. I'm not used to playing the mean characters, but apparently I play a bitch very well. That's the feedback I got this weekend. You pulled it off. <laughs> I'd agree with that. Having so, seen the show, yeah. Uh, it was funny, though, because it definitely, once we got our cheer uniforms, it really, like, clicked into place for me and Sandra. We really were like, okay, we got clip in ponytails and our cheer <laughs> uniforms and now we're super bitchy. Well, so you, can, you can sink into it though because yeah. you're kind of beneath the, the facade of, yeah. the, of somebody else. And it's not you. Probably the stress and lack of sleep of uh, Tech Week too made us both super irritable. <laughs> 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 so we kind of found our characters even more last week. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's been really fun. I was really impressed with just the show overall. I mean, I wasn't aware of, of the play uh, anyway yeah. prior to you announcing your... your you're being cast in it. And uh, I just, it's, it is amazing to me to watch because I do the stuff I do just as a voice actor, all the auditioning is just at home in front of my computer, reading the, the sides and, and then doing a couple run throughs of, of the copy and sending it in and that's it. So to watch people on stage, just sink into a character in front of a live audience, it's just, that's always fascinated me. And it's something that I thought it, it's, I'd be interested in doing it. I've always, frankly, I've always wanted to do the Odd Couple as long as I can play Oscar, mm -hmm. because <laughs> I, I love uh, the play and the movie are just amazing. I'm yeah. such a massive fan of of Neil Simon, but uh, that, just to watch people really sink into those roles and not break out of it in front of an audience, and also because all the stuff I've done, the the quote unquote on screen acting I've done has been in films where you have multiple takes and you can cut away, but in this, yeah, there's. It's completely live, and you just need to to run with it. Mistakes and all, you just need to keep running with totally, it. Totally, totally. Um, we we're now prepared uh, in case this happens again. But we had a great moment the night before we opened. We're doing our final run through, and uh, we have this character called Steve. He's the great mage Steve that basically comes in, announces <laughs> himself, and then something happens to him. He gets mutilated or killed uh, hilariously every time. Yeah, and uh, I don't want to give too much away about what happens, but basically, I pull uh, a body parts off of Steve. We pull body parts off of Steve and we were having difficulties Candace with is in. the pieces. <laughs> dismembering me. Yes. Yeah, dismembering, yay. I'm into it. Um, <laughs> Steve's entire, he's in this like Dumbledore-esque robe and we couldn't get <laughs> the, uh, the body parts out. So his entire robe just comes off and he's just shirtless. Thankfully, Mark had clothes underneath, but... Uh, shirtless underneath and we just we lost it for like 
three minutes and Tiger sitting in the audience just yelling, keep going, keep going and dying of laughter. I was like, I'm trying, but he did too. He ran screaming breathe. from the stage. Um, yeah, he did. It did was he really? really funny. Everyone backstage didn't know what was going on well, and Mark comes running back. Mark LeClerc plays um, Steve really hilariously. He steals the scene with two lines. He does. He does. Um, he runs backstage and he's half naked and I was like, what was that? Like, why is everyone laughing? He's like, <laughs> this because my clothes literally came off on stage. Like, <laughs> I kind of hope it happens again, but at the same time, I know, I know I'm going to lose it. Like it that's why you have tech. Exactly. Exactly. So everything can go wrong before. Fingers crossed. Yeah, right. Whatever kind of... <laughs> I know. I was like, is this what? I'm, I'm like, like, no. Eh, cardboard. Let's go with it. <laughs> You've done some theater, haven't you? Yeah, just... Um, I did uh, Christmas Carol this past season, and most of my theater background is all improv. Gotcha. Which is still the same. You still need to get into a character and you can't come back out because then you essentially fail. I mean, yeah, you just have no preparation. You don't get any time to prepare anything. It's kind of like the show. <laughs> yes. And this is immortalized forever. Exactly. Show. Um, but Oops. yeah, no, my theater background is uh, pretty limited. Okay. Just well, more improv so than and then I did um, Christmas Carol. This, this my theater background Christmas. is limited to seventh grade where I got the lead in Oliver Twist. I got Oliver because I was the only seventh grader who could do a British accent. <laughs> well and then it fell done. apart because nobody, thank you, nobody wanted to come to rehearsal, myself included. So it, it never even happened. But I did get the lead in a play when I was 13. Well, congratulations. Thanks. I did some crew 20 on years later is yet to pay off. <laughs> Still going with One it. day. One day. Now I'm the lead in my own show. When I was 13, I was crew. You were who? For crew for stage our crew? town, stage crew. And oh. I was in eighth grade and I was so mad because I wanted to get cast and I didn't get cast. So they put me on crew. So we were wearing all black and they bought us donuts. And my <laughs> friend and I missed half our cues because we were seeing how many donuts we could shove in our mouth at one time. <laughs> well, what did you say? Eighth grade? Of course. 12, 13. I was like, don't cast me. Fine. I'm going to eat all the donuts. <laughs> eat my weight in donuts. That's what See, I say. Sometimes crew is more fun than being in the show. That's All through college, I never got cast in any of the main stage shows. So I was assistant stage manager and we're on headsets the whole show. Half the time I had to hide like under the stage or in the set for whatever I was doing in the show, like giving them blood packets or whatever it was. Just oh, what play there. was this? Um, there were a couple. We did a, what was it called? The Love of the Nightingale? I don't know who it's by. Yeah, that one's it's news like, to me. I think it's based on, I, I'm totally wrong. I think it's based on like Greek <laughs> Sounds like a Vincent Price movie. So, But like the girl gets her throat or her tongue ripped out and cut out and nice. bad stuff happens <laughs> to her. And so there's blood all over the stage that I clean every night. And it's just corn syrup? Yeah. Okay. Um, actually, I don't know. I didn't make, I didn't put the packets together, but probably. Um, and then for Crucible... I had to like hide on the stage to release the nooses at the end, but the set <laughs> was built out of wood, but there were like giant gaps between the wood planks. Mm -hmm. So there was a very specific time that once the door was open, it was open the rest of the show. So I had to run back to the pulley system before they opened the door and then stay back there for the last like 20 minutes of the show. <laughs> oh. And everyone on headset, we just messed around with each other. Lindsay, my stage manager, is now one of my really good friends, but uh, we just joked around on headset and I couldn't laugh. I was sitting on the darn stage. It was so frustrating, but also really fun. <laughs> I got to chop up wood for the Crucible. Like we needed more for the props and so no one was doing it. So I took the extra logs and the ax out back and just started chopping wood. Never really done this in my life. <laughs> You're so California girl, students. why do I need to chop wood? Everyone wants to be on crew now because they're like, I can chop wood. I don't need to be on stage. I don't need to tread the boards. I'm going to make them. Well, I was 13. I was sitting in like a janitor closet eating donuts. I moved like one chair. That was more like me. Yeah, because our town has like nothing. It, well, most it has of the time nothing, you're supposed to do it with yeah. no props or set really. It was really limited because it was eighth grade. So it was just like, you're the new kid in town. We don't want to cast you. So here, sit in the closet and we're all black. That's dumb. I was like, huh, joke's on you. I ate all the donuts, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> you all hang out on stage. I'm just going to eat dozen do <laughs> Me and my friend back in the closet eating a dozen donuts. <laughs> nice. They've Dunkin' Donuts in Chicago? They do, right? Hell yeah, they had Dunkin' Donuts, but this was down in South Carolina, so it was Christmas. Oh. Shit donuts. I know. Nobody believes me. But. No, I know that because we have like, what, one Dunkin' Donuts around here now? In Santa, Santa Monica, Monica but the, the line's always around the block. Yeah. Like, I love donuts, but not, not that much. Not an hour and a half's worth. Mm -mm, not when I can fly into an airport pretty much anywhere else and get one. I know. Wow, tell me about it. 
People who grew up in California don't know what you've been missing. No, like, you've probably been elsewhere, clean, right? Delicious. No, I've never. Yes, I've been. <laughs> say that. Some people don't leave. I don't know. A lot of people, people don't. don't leave. It's no, true. Totally right. Some it's people true. have stayed in one place forever. People who, are, who grew up here either stay here and just want to stay in the bubble. You probably know this. Or yeah. you too, because you've been here. Yeah. yeah. Um, just stay in the California bubble or they just, they'll go to. Minneapolis, because yeah. they're like, I want anything different want from seasons. Southern California. Yeah. What? What are? The, what is this weather you talk about? Until they spend a week in Minneapolis. And yeah. Yeah. Like, like, what? I know I can't do no. snow for long periods of time. <laughs> I can't anymore. I did it already. That's why I'm back here. It's like 65 degrees outside, and I have a coat on. It. I know. I'm like shivering in the too. studio right now. Yeah. I'm wearing a leather jacket. Put this on it's like before 62. we got out of the car. I was like, ooh, <laughs> chilly. <laughs> here we go. We're back on this again. Yeah. Anyway. Well, it's true. We've we've acclimated. We have. My blood is thin as shit now. <laughs> so sad. Awful. Awful traveling anywhere else. Well, congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's a really, really and everybody fun go play. see it. I'm going to. Please, please yeah. do. I'm I'm going again this weekend. A friend of mine's gonna be in town. Awesome. And, and it runs until so you said we run through May third, um, possible extension. So if you guys come and sell out our shows, we'll be able to run longer. Saturdays um, and Sundays. Saturdays and Sundays, except April fifth, because Easter. Sure. Um, but, uh, but hashtag hashtag Easter. Um, go egg hunting. Uh, <laughs> but check the website. We're on Facebook too, Loft Ensemble. Um, and we update all the show information because we might be adding different shows here and there. And if you're in LA, we talked about it last week. Loft Cabaret this yes, Friday this night. This Friday, uh, Jordan was on last week. Yes. He performed with us. Jordan a few Cassie times will be now. there. It's um, five bucks. It is. And it's and a it's, really good show. And you're hosting, right? I do. I co-host and co-produce every month, just about every month with uh, the lovely April Sheets. And it's only five bucks. And the artists that come out are phenomenal. Some of them are company members and friends of ours. Some, I don't know how we find them, but somehow we find them. And they're, <laughs> I don't know how they're not signed. People like Jordan, like, it's phenomenal and need to be on the radio. We cannot then. guarantee there will be an appearance by the Rocket Hoodie, though. This Friday. I don't know. We've talked about going casual. April and I normally dress up a little bit, get a little fancy. Yeah, it was very fancy. We uh, last month. We've talked about going casual this month. So rocket may be happening on Friday, but I, I can't guarantee it. We'll yeah, see. we'll Just keep you posted. You're, you're gonna have to go to loftensemble.org and follow all the various. Loft Cabaret is on Facebook too, so you can find yes. it as well. Are there YouTube play D and D? Dungeons and Dragons. Do you? No. I play yeah. other RPG games. Really, um, like tabletop games. Um, Firefly is one of my favorites, but I'm a big weeded nerd anyway. Um, based on the sure the show too early canceled TV show, <laughs> um, and now film they're making an expansion with elements of Serenity characters from the film. Mr. I heard that stuff the Blue Sky expansion. I'm so stoked about. Um, and then a friend of mine um, donated to a Kickstarter for a game called Shadows of Brimstone that is basically uh, Western meets Cthulhu. So all of our characters are like the sheriff or the priest. I'm the Indian scout. Um, but you fight these crazy creatures that have 5,000 heads and like undead and all this stuff. Um, but is it the type of thing like D&D where you ha create your character and, and each time you go on a new adventure, you level up and find new axes or weapons or I whatever. See. So mm. it's similar format. Um, uh, some of our cast got together Monday. We had Monday off for tack and play D&D, but I wasn't able to go. So hopefully next time. Yeah, because it sounds really fun. I have friends who play D&D &D who are way into it. And yeah. it just sounds like nonsense to me. Yeah, I have a lot I, of friends who are super into <laughs> it and I've wanted to play. Um, but especially now, the more research I did into the creatures, I went online and figure out, uh, they have the whole manual online now. So you can look up all the creatures to see, oh, how does, you know, how do the bugbears move? How do the kobolds move? Because they're creatures that we have in our show. <laughs> a bugbears bug bear. were, bug bear. <laughs> bug were awesome. I get, that uh, cracked me up. I think we've taken some liberties on the bugbear um, as far as language and uh, <laughs> lack of personal space. I don't know if you caught on to that at all, but uh, bugbears have, have no, in our world, have no sense of personal boundaries. So we're pretty much just in each other's face saying bugbear because that's the language of the bugbears. They just say bugbear, kind of like Groot. That's all I'm saying. I've never done creatures. any of these things, but I do watch a TV show called Lost Girl. Does that count? I don't know what that I don't is. Know. Lost Girl. It's I about say. a succubus who's stuck between the dark and the light world. Really? There's a lot of sex and she's really pretty. <laughs> I'm in. You should watch it. Now I will. It's really ridiculous, but it deals in folklore and stuff like that. So, Okay. Like succubi and yeah. fantasy know. elements. Yeah, fantasy elements. That's about as like 
fantastical Zygon. Okay. I never played Dungeons. I, I didn't either. <laughs> I, 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 I friends who were way into Dungeons no and Dragons idea. and Magic, and I just never... I haven't played Magic. Never Munchkin. I like Munchkin. Munchkin. What is yeah. that? Is that like a Wizard of Oz card game? No. Uh, although it's a Dunkin' Donuts like card game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there it is. <laughs> right? That's a game I can get behind. They have a bunch of different expansions for it. Like a, They just came out with an Adventure Time one recently, but it's like a card game. I don't really know how to explain it. I'm bad at this, but it's a fantasy <laughs> card game. You pick They're not a sponsor, don't different worry. cards and create different creatures based on the cards you get. So you don't continue to play as that character every time you play. It's it's fate about the cards and you fight different monsters and level up and things. So, But it's not a continual character like d and is. But it's a card game RPG kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. It's fun. Sorry. The closest I'm getting is I just want to go to Comic-Con. Comic-Con Everybody does. Hotels go on there. sale tomorrow. Hotel oh, rooms. Don't. Oh, shit. Get, I got get on that. <laughs> Did you all know that? Is this breaking news? Breaking you news. You all must have known that. I, I'm a really last minute when it comes year. to Comic-Con. <laughs> oh. oh, so you don't I have tickets just already? I find my way. Um, uh, you just show up. Yeah. Show a little leg. I, I, get, I, I managed to get <laughs> tickets and, and hotel. Legally, I promise. I don't like copy fake badges or anything. But uh, I'm very, very blessed to get tickets most of the time. Nice. And then last minute, I'm like, oh, I need a hotel. <laughs> Whoops. But it's happened the last two years, so. End up couch surfing for the weekend. <laughs> thankfully not. Well, sort of, no. You don't yes. have to answer that. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, last year I booked my own hotel, but the year oh, before okay. I kind of crashed. I paid for it. It contributed to fun, but it's really fun. It's madness though. Like it's that's why I haven't huge. That's why I haven't gotten any cons. Because I know once I go, I'm going to want to go to all of them and I the Can't. thing, though, about Comic-Con is they literally take over downtown San Diego. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's so many free events as well. So you don't necessarily have to get a badge to participate in the fun. That's so. true because there, there are events going on surrounding it. That even yeah. If you don't go to the con, you, there's still so much to get yeah, around. Yeah, and they're big things it, like last cool. year they had the Game of Thrones experience and uh, Gotham had a, a zip line that you could do. Ooh. What? Yeah. I never got to do it because we were going to do it Sunday and then it rained and I was bummed, but... <laughs> Um, one so, one yeah. of three when you days say it rains. You mean yeah. like it spit on you? No. <laughs> I think people probably spit on me like all four days because you get so gross at cons. But um, no, I thought it was what you were wearing. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I cosplay this year, which was really fun because I didn't my first year. Um, Surprised they let you in at all. Not cosplaying? Most people don't actually. Really? You'd be surprised. Yeah. I only see the photos. Of, well, the only ones I'm looking at are like the, the sexy cosplays, like the course and stuff. You know what you I'm talking would. about? You uh, would. I, I don't would. give me, don't sneer Anyone at me for that. Anyone of any size and any gender can cosplay anything they it. want. But it's, and there's there's some, I heard rumblings of, this will probably be do a whole other hour on it and we're out of time. But yeah. I, I've heard things about there's going to be, they're trying to work in restrictions on sexy cosplay or like um oh. models or booth girls or things too. like that. I heard oh, things about yeah. that, that they're trying to cut down on that because it's become like a family event, which is weird because once upon a time it was like Stan Lee this year and he was like the big guest. 20 years ago. Yeah, well, and now it's Kamikaze, become such a huge though. event. Stanley own, like, co-owns Kamikaze with Elvira. Which is oh, yeah, LA. they do that here, so, yeah, which yeah. was a couple of months ago. What I really think is just leave your sexy cosplay for Halloween. Or just every, I mean, just unless wear the it out just wear it on a Saturday. I mean, totally. go to Hollywood Boulevard, you'll fit right in. Yeah, find <laughs> Fat Spider-Man. Fat Spider-Man. <laughs> Bring it all You'll back. be good. All right. Well, go see She Kills Monsters, everybody. If you're in the LA area between now and at least early May. Yeah, at least May check 3rd. Check it out. So loftensemble.org, once again, is where you go to get tickets. You can check out the show. Do you have anything else you want to plug? Do you want to plug your social media or what have you? Uh, you can find my actor Facebook on, uh, I mean, Lawrence Berling on Facebook, which you shared earlier when you did the show. Um, and we'll share it again at chrisball.com. Yeah. Uh, but Loft Cabaret and Loft Ensemble on Facebook. You can find us both there. Definitely. And of course, follow the great Candace at Lishark26 on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> and you can follow me at, once again, at Chris Abalo on Twitter and Chris Sells Out on Instagram and Kate Pod, Twitter and Instagram. Follow the show and see what's going on. And uh, as always, tune in 9 p.m. Skidrostews.com to the, yeah, we're going to go out big. This is from the same album, Candace. So yes. I, know I like that elf song. I think that should be Calliope's theme song. That, we have a dark elf. Yeah, we'll work it in. I talked to Tiger about stepping in as honorary director. So if he's burnt by like the fifth weekend, <laughs> I'm in. 
Because <laughs> I said we got to work in like a Super Mario 3 reference with your hoodie. And yeah. We'll see if we can make it happen during another draft. But we'll anyway. See. <laughs> uh, thank you both for being here. I do appreciate thank this. You. And of course, follow the show, subscribe, and everything else. So until next time, for Lauren Sperling and Candace Feltz, this is Chris Abalo, and this was yet another experiment. Yeah. Are all nerds as good as you? Yes. How come? Because all jocks think about is sports. All we ever think about is sex.